You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a criminal law bill was passed in the Senate, Russia fires hypersonic cruise missiles at Ukraine killing civilians, and President Biden visits Philadelphia. Here's your national news recap for the week of March 5th. The Senate has passed a Republican-backed measure that would block controversial criminal law changes in Washington, D.C. On this vote, the yeas are 81, the nays are 14. One senator responded present, and the joint resolution is passed. The bill now goes to the desk of President Biden, who said he will sign it into law. The revisions put forward by the D.C. Council over the mayor's objections reduce the maximum penalties for crimes like carjackings and robberies. Biden has faced criticism from members of his own party who are pushing for D.C. statehood and the city's freedom to govern itself without federal intervention. Do you believe the Hunter Biden laptop story is disinformation? I don't think there's anything I can share on that in open setting. That's what the director of the FBI told a top House Republican when she asked him about the matter. Christopher Wray was questioned by GOP conference chair Elise Stefanik during a hearing. Wray's remarks come after Hunter Biden finally admitted the infamous laptop was his. A computer repair shop owner said Hunter left the laptop years ago and never came back to pick it up. The FBI picked up the laptop in 2019, but the owner made a copy and gave it to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. Republican leader Mitch McConnell is in the hospital after taking a fall. A spokesperson for the Senate minority leader says McConnell tripped in a hotel in Washington on Wednesday during a private dinner and has been admitted to the hospital where he is receiving treatment. No further information was provided. The 81-year-old McConnell has been in the Senate since 1984. Mixed in with a flood of South and Central Americans who are illegally crossing the border are a surprisingly large number of Russians. In FY22, uh, CBP encountered 36,271 illegal aliens from Russia, which is startling. Congressman Pat Fallon said in a committee hearing this week that the number of Russians arrested at the border continues to climb. The Texas Republican says many don't have papers, making it difficult for federal agents to do a thorough background check. The GOP is continuing their push to paint the border as a national security issue. Senators are asking federal officials to help farmers handle the potential impact of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Home state Senator Sherrod Brown joined Senators Bob Casey and John Fetterman of Pennsylvania in sending a letter to the USDA and EPA leaders Wednesday. They're requesting resources for agriculture operators near the site of the hazardous chemicals release. They say those farmers should be provided with materials to test soil, plants, and livestock to ensure their products are safe. They're also asking those departments to provide guidance to producers on spring planting and harvesting overwintered crops. President Biden is set to formally propose tax increases on wealthy individuals and corporations in a budget plan that he says will reduce the deficit by $2 trillion over the next decade. Aaron Real has the details. 
The White House is unveiling its proposal to raise the Medicare surtax on earned and unearned income above $400,000 from 3.8% to 5%. They also want to tax wealthy households, requiring folks with more than $100 million to pay a 20% tax on income and the unrealized gains of liquid assets like stocks. Biden is also expected to reintroduce raising the top marginal income tax rate from 37% to 39% and raising the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. Republicans have said that Biden's budget will be dead on arrival when formally sent to Capitol Hill Thursday. Aaron Real, NBC News Radio. Senators are questioning the EPA and CEO of Norfolk Southern following the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. During a Senate hearing, Delaware Democrat Tom Carper said lawmakers need to determine exactly what went wrong and how to fix it to ensure it never happens again. Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito said the EPA fell short of its response in the immediate aftermath of the wreck. She questioned why it took the agency so long to provide critical information on the situation to residents of the community. The president and CEO of Norfolk Southern says he's determined to make things right following the toxic train derailment. I want to begin today by expressing how deeply sorry I am for the impact this derailment has had on the residents of East Palestine. While testifying before the Senate panel, CEO Alan Shaw said the company is committed to the cleanup efforts for the short term and long term, as well as air and water monitoring. Shaw said the company is working to bolster safety. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown accused the company of putting a shareholder profits over safety. Texas is pushing massive resources to the border, but mass quantities of the deadly opioid fentanyl continue to flow through the U.S. Federal officials say it's because the smugglers are exploiting the underfunded ports of entry. It is brought in by privately owned vehicles, concealed within commercial vehicles, and even on pedestrian travelers. Customs Assistant Commissioner Diane Sabatino told Congress this week that nearly 9 out of 10 vehicles coming in from Mexico aren't getting that secondary screening for drugs. She says it's a manpower issue, but it's also a commerce issue. In 2021, trade with Mexico topped $725 billion, showing just how many trucks are crossing. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from Reuters. Russia fired a huge wave of missiles across Ukraine on Thursday as people slept, killing at least six civilians and knocking out power. An attack Kiev said included six Kinzhal hypersonic cruise missiles, one of Moscow's most valuable weapons. The mass strikes on targets far from the front were the first such wave since mid-February and shattered the longest calm since Moscow began an air campaign against Ukraine's civil infrastructure five months ago. They also briefly forced Europe's biggest nuclear power plant off the grid. The occupiers can only terrorize civilians. That's all they can do, but it won't help them. They won't avoid responsibility for everything they have done, said Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, describing strikes that hit infrastructure and residential buildings in 10 regions. Russia's defense ministry said it carried out a massive retaliatory strike as payback for a cross-border raid last week. It claimed to have hit all of its intended targets, destroying drone bases, disrupting railways, and damaging facilities that make and repair arms. In the capital, Kyiv, a seven-hour alert through the night was the longest of Russia's five-month air campaign. Moscow confirmed it had used hypersonic Kinzhal, Russian for dagger, missiles in Thursday's attack. Ukrainian officials said it was the first time they had faced so many of the weapons, which Ukraine has no way to shoot down. Russia is believed to have just a few dozen Kinzhals, which fly many times faster than the speed of sound and are built to carry nuclear warheads with a range of more than 2,000 kilometers. In his speeches, President Volodymyr Putin regularly touts the Kinzhal as a weapon for which the transatlantic NATO alliance back in Kyiv 
has no answer. Ukraine said the attacks had also knocked out the power supply to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, Europe's largest, severing it from the Ukrainian grid and forcing it onto emergency diesel power to prevent a meltdown. It was later reconnected to Ukraine's energy grid operator Ukranergo said. The plant, which Russia had held since capturing it early in the war, is near the front line and both sides have warned in the past of a potential for disaster. Moscow said it was safe. UN nuclear watchdog chief Rafael Grossi appealed for a protection zone around the plant. Each time we are rolling a dice, and if you allow this to continue time after time, then one day our luck will run out, Grossi told the IAEAS's 35-nation board of governors. And for our second story of today, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador on Thursday rebuked calls from some U.S. lawmakers advocating military action in Mexico against drug cartels, describing the proposals as threats to Mexican sovereignty. We are not going to permit any foreign government to intervene in our territory, much less that a government's armed forces intervene. Lopez Obrador said during a regular news conference, the kidnapping of four Americans, two of whom were killed, in a northern border state intensified calls from Republican lawmakers in Washington to take a tougher line on organized crime. Texas Republican Dan Crenshaw on Wednesday released a message in Spanish on Twitter asking Lopez Obrador why he opposes a proposal the congressman introduced in January authorizing military force targeting drug cartels in Mexico. In addition to being irresponsible, it is an offense to the people of Mexico, Lopez Obrador said during the news conference, adding that Mexico does not take orders from anyone. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham on Monday said in a Fox News interview that it is time to put Mexico on notice and advocated introducing legislation to classify some Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist groups. The fatal kidnappings and backlash could complement delicate efforts to foster closer collaboration between the U.S. and Mexico on immigration and the trafficking of drugs, particularly ultra-lethal fentanyl. Lopez Obrador said he would begin a public information campaign aimed at Mexicans in the United States about the Republican-led proposal. If Republican lawmakers try to use Mexico for their propagandist, electoral, and political purposes, we'll make a call to not vote for that party, Lopez Obrador said. And for our third and final story of today, China's government could use TikTok to control data on millions of American users. FBI Director Christopher Wray told a U.S. Senate hearing on Wednesday, saying the Chinese-owned video app screams of security concerns. Wray told a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing on worldwide threats to U.S. security that the Chinese government could also use TikTok to control software on millions of devices and drive narratives to divide Americans over Taiwan or other issues. Yes, and I would make the point on that last one in particular, that we're not sure that we would see many of the outward signs of it happening if it was happening. Ray said of concerns China could feed misinformation to users. This is a tool that is ultimately within the control of the Chinese government. And it, to me, screams out with national security concerns, Ray said. The White House-backed legislation introduced on Tuesday by dozens of senators to give President Joe Biden's administration new powers to ban TikTok and other foreign-based technologies, they pose national security threats. The endorsement boosted efforts by a number of lawmakers to ban the popular app, which is owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, used by more than 100 million Americans. Other top U.S. intelligence officials, including Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, CIA Director William Burns, National Security Agency Director Paul Nakashone, agreed at the hearing that TikTok posed a threat to U.S. national security. And this was Connor Brown with your International News Report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. President Biden revealed his federal budget proposal in Philadelphia on Thursday. His plan includes a federal budget that would cut deficits by nearly $3 trillion over the next decade. 
He also strives to expand and to protect Medicare and Medicaid, take steps to reduce financial fraud, and reverse his predecessor's tax cuts for income over $400,000. A Roxbury, New Jersey family of three was found dead at their residence on Tuesday in an alleged murder-suicide, according to Morris County Police. In a Wednesday press conference, Morris County prosecutors released that it is suspected that 57-year-old Peter Ventricelli shot his wife, his 15-year-old son, and then himself. Police were originally called to the home for a welfare check. A judge is reportedly ordering deliberations in New York to start over in the penalty phase for convicted terrorist Saifalo Saipov. Reporters inside the federal court say that a judge has ordered an alternate juror to take the place of another juror who couldn't come in because of an emergency. The jury started deliberations Wednesday to try to decide whether Saipov gets the death penalty for a 2017 ISIS-inspired attack. The jury convicted him of killing eight people with a rental truck that he drove along a bike path in Lower Manhattan. A Manhattan doctor will spend more than 12 years behind bars for trading oxycodone for sex, cocaine, and cash. Prosecutors say Howard Edelglass operated a pain management clinic in Midtown and wrote thousands of prescriptions for oxycodone and other pain relief pills for patients that he knew did not need the pills for any legitimate reason. The U.S. Attorney's Office says that he would solicit and receive sex acts, cocaine, and cash payments in exchange for the pills. Prosecutors allege that he gave the drugs to people already addicted to opioids, and some of them would then sell the pills on the street. The NYPD says it made a major illegal ghost gun bust at an Upper East Side apartment building on Wednesday. Police took two men into custody, including the brother of actress and model Julia Fox, following the raid of an apartment on East 84th near 3rd Avenue. Her father was also held by police but was not charged. Police say that 30-year-old Christopher Fox is facing charges including criminal possession of a controlled substance and manufacture of a machine gun. Investigators seized several untraceable ghost guns, as well as equipment for making narcotic pills. A New Jersey police chief is charged with stealing his own internal affairs records. Police Captain Stephen Jones has been charged with stealing computers from his own department. Three of the towers contain police information, including his own personnel file. Attorney General Matthew Platkin says Jones was caught on camera last April and then hid the towers at homes in Toms River and Edison. In 2022, the 24-year police veteran filed a whistleblower complaint after clashing with town administrators over software and hardware purchases. Jones has been suspended with pay ever since and claims that he'll be exonerated of the charges when all of the facts are known. Abolitionist Harriet Tubman is being honored at the unveiling of a massive monument in Newark, New Jersey. It is called Shadow of a Face and includes audio by Queen Latifah. The monument also includes a learning wall where visitors can read about Tubman's daring exploits helping hundreds of slaves escape to the north. Tubman was also a Union spy during the Civil War. The monument stands in a park where a statue of Christopher Columbus once stood until it was removed in 2020. Bad weather is forcing Ocean County to postpone this weekend's St. Patrick's Day Parade. Organizers say the Seaside Heights event will be moved to April 1st because of weather concerns. The celebration was supposed to kick off at noon today. The parade committee is apologizing for the inconvenience, but want to ensure that all spectators and participants are safe. That was the local news, and I am Carly Murray. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News.
Rowan University this year has joined the American Talent Initiative, a collective of higher education institutions across the U.S. who are committed to a common goal of graduating more lower-income students. From the moment college students enroll, especially first-generation students from low-income families, a variety of contributing factors can make completion of the four-year degree challenging. Factors include the cost of tuition and housing, the stress of being away from family and friends, heavy workloads, and the pressure to maintain a strong GPA. And for an estimated 40% of American college students, food insecurity. Since Dr. Ali Hushman became Rowan's seventh president in 2012, the university has sought to limit the cost and debt students acquire in a variety of ways. Rowan has limited increases in undergraduate tuition and fees, created partnerships through which students may earn four-year degrees at South Jersey County Colleges and ensures through the Garden State Guarantee Program that any student whose family income is at or below $65,000 pays nothing for tuition and fees in their third and fourth year. Rowan University President Aliye Hushman this month joined the Philadelphia Business Journal's Power 101 list, a group of leaders the publication said are indelibly shaping the region. Writing in a preference to the special edition, Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Ryan Shero commented that the Power 101 is not a ranking but rather a guide that aims to reflect the most influential people at this moment in time. The editorial staff of the Business Journal selected those who made the list, which does not include elected officials. Hushman joined such other prominent leaders on the list such as Michael Inocenzo, CEO of PECO and chair of the Chamber of Commerce for the Greater Philadelphia, Erica James, Dean of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, and Lori D. Jones, CEO of Philabundance. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NFL, let's take a look at the most recent free agent signings and trade rumors around the league. Derek Carr has officially moved on from the Las Vegas Raiders organization after nine years with the team, signing a four-year $150 million contract to join the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton handled the quarterback duties last season as New Orleans hopes to take a step further towards winning a very weak NFC South division in 2023. From the NFC South to the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks have extended the man who just never wrote back. Ten-year veteran quarterback Geno Smith signed a three-year $105 million contract looking to pick up where he left off in 2022. The 32-year-old Smith won Comeback Player of the Year at the NFL Honor Ceremony this past offseason and was bound for a payday like this. Now let's transition from the NFC West to the NFC East. The New York Giants waited till the last minute of the franchise tag deadline, but came to terms with their franchise quarterback and running back nonetheless. Daniel Jones and the New York Giants agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, hoping for the same magic they experienced in 2022. Additionally, the Giants placed the exclusive franchise tag onto former Penn State product Saquon Barkley. Barkley is set to make $10.1 million as part of the franchise tag and will be looking for a massive extension next offseason. Let's close out the NFL segment with some news from the AFC. 
Starting in the AFC East, the New York Jets are making ground on acquiring four-time league MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers. According to ESPN, a contingent of Jets officials made the trip to California to meet with Rodgers in person. The teams remain engaged in conversations, and New York is optimistic about their chances of landing Rodgers following their in-person meeting. From the AFC East to the AFC North, let's discuss the future of a different top-tier quarterback. On Tuesday afternoon, the Baltimore Ravens placed their non-exclusive franchise tag on former league MVP in 2019, Lamar Jackson. This means that Jackson can now hit the open free agent market. However, the Ravens can match any offer thrown Jackson's way if they want to. If Jackson accepts a deal from a different team and the Ravens don't want to match the contract, they'll be forced to deal him to the team in exchange for two first-round draft picks. The stove is starting to heat up for the NFL offseason, and we've got you covered through all of it. From the NFL to the NBA, Kevin Durant is back on the injured list after playing just three games with his new squad, the Phoenix Suns. Ahead of the Suns' matchup against the Thunder this past Wednesday, Durant went up for a layup move that caused him to slip, bending his ankle in a way it just shouldn't bend. The Suns fear that Durant could miss the remainder of the regular season and possibly time in the playoffs, but are waiting for Durant's MRI results before jumping to conclusions. And lastly, let's move from one former Seattle Supersonic to another. Former six-time NBA All-Star Sean Kemp was arrested and booked into a Pierce County jail for a felony drive-by shooting just before 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Kemp has been involved in criminal activity in the past, but has reached a whole new level with this case. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. Governor Gavin Newsom is not renewing a contract with Walgreens stores after the pharmacy chain says it will stop selling abortion pills in Republican-led states. Officials say on Wednesday, California's contract with Walgreens for prescription drugs worth over $50 million was canceled. The company announced last Friday it has stopped the sale of abortion pills in 20 states. This comes after Republican attorneys threatened lawsuits if the company continued to sell the pills. Newsom said in a statement Wednesday they are not supporting corporations that cut off access to reproductive care and freedom. The size of the next interest rate increase is still up in the air. In a Capitol Hill hearing, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said the increase will depend on incoming data on jobs and inflation. Powell is facing bipartisan criticism that average Americans stand to lose the most with raising interest rates. Powell believes hiking rates will cool the economy and bring inflation down. Yet another key economic report is coming in higher than expected. ADP says private payrolls rose by 242,000 in February. Analysts were looking for a gain of 205,000 jobs. The January report was also revised higher, with the actual gain for the month being 119,000 jobs. The ADP report was released ahead of the latest jobs number from the federal government, which came out on Friday. The CEO of Starbucks is set to be roasted on Capitol Hill later this month. Howard Schultz will answer accusations about the coffee giant trying to stop unions from forming at stores across the country. Senator Bernie Sanders leads the committee Schultz will testify to on March 29th. The Vermont Independent noted the National Labor Relations Board has handled dozens of complaints alleging labor law violations. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report.
And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. The actor famous for playing the fiddler on the roof has passed away. Haim Topol was nominated for an Oscar for playing the role of Tiva in the 1971 film version of the Broadway hit musical. The Israeli actor went on to perform the role on stage over 3,000 times in his career. Topol also appeared in other films, including Flash Gordon and the James Bond film For Your Eyes Only. His death was announced on Twitter Thursday by Israeli President Isaac Herzog, who called him one of the giants of Israeli culture. The final phase is underway in the case of three men charged with the 2018 first-degree murder and robbery of South Florida rapper XXXTentacion. During closing arguments, prosecutors pointed to surveillance video of X's ambush outside Pompano Beach's Revo Motorsports. They also pointed to bullets and masks recovered from a Cadillac outside Michael Boatwright's home, linking him and Dedrick Williams. They showed video on Boatwright's phone hours after the attack of him, Williams, and Trayvon Newsom celebrating with stacks of $100 bills. Newsom's attorney, who was up first in closings, said there's no DNA linking him to the robbery. While he did take the video with the money, that doesn't mean he attacked X. Boatwright, Williams, and Newsom are all charged with first-degree murder. Rapper Travis Scott isn't turning himself into police in New York City. On Tuesday, the rapper's attorney told the case detective he's not coming in. Scott was wanted for questioning in connection with an alleged altercation inside a nightclub last week in Manhattan. He's been accused of punching a sound engineer in the head and damaging his equipment. Scott has been in Los Angeles, and it's now likely detectives will ask Los Angeles Sheriff to arrest him. Amy Winehouse's band is reuniting live for the first time since her death. Her musical director and bass player Dale Davis was joined by much of the original ensemble at Middle Eight in Covent Garden Tuesday. The band has been busy working on their upcoming biopic, Back to Black, about Winehouse's short but stellar career. She died in 2011 at age 27. Lenny Kravitz is set to perform the In Memoriam tribute at this weekend's Academy Awards. Oscar showrunners Glean Weiss and Ricky Kirshner made the announcement this morning. Along with his storied music career, Kravitz has appeared in many films including The Hunger Games and most recently the rom-com Shotgun Wedding. More artists performing at the awards show will be announced leading up to the ceremony. Boy Meets World star Ben Savage is running for Congress in Southern California. The actor announced his bid on social media, saying it's time to restore faith in government. He's running for Democrat Adam Schiff's seat to represent the state's 30th congressional district. It includes West Hollywood, Burbank, and parts of Pasadena. San Francisco's Outside Lands Music Festival is announcing a star-studded lineup. Kendrick Lamar, Lana Del Rey, and the Foo Fighters will headline the three-day event, which kicks off August 11th at Golden Gate Park. Other artists set to perform include the 1975, Megan Thee Stallion, Zed, and Maggie Rogers. Tickets went on sale Wednesday with a general admission priced at $499. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.